Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hello, fellow adventurers of sexuality and spirit, and welcome to Erotic Awakening with Lee Harrington. Now, this month, I am coming to you from a point of view that isn't necessarily the one that I come from all the time, and that's one of anger. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off because I just read Fifty Shades of Grey, and unlike the podcasters who covered stuff on Erotic Awakening a few episodes back, who did a fantastic job about talking about the pros and cons of how this reflects sexuality and kink and our personal feelings about the titillation value in the book. I'm angry because something really important um, in my world came up in that book, and, and it made me really think about how much it sucks. And that's the limits of tops. I am pissed that, uh, and by the way, for people who haven't read the book, um, I'm going to give a few spoilers just to warn you ahead of time. I am pissed that Miss Anastasia Steele is just arrogant, self-absorbed, but these things, they're bo- it's a bodice ripper, right? The book is a bodice ripper, but what makes me mad is that time after time, her uber-fantastic, fantastically sexy and rich, oh my god, the most specimen of manly man ever, Christian Grey, who, by the way, there's a Christian Grey now on FetLife.com, which makes me laugh amazingly. But um, every single time she brings up one of her limits and says, you know what, I just can't do that, or I'm scared by that, or I'm not sure if I can go there, he says, you know what? It's where I really want you to go, but if what you need is time and space and you need to to sit with these things or you think this is really a hard limit for you, I'm willing to concede. I'm willing to stretch and flex and push myself, but I believe in your safety and your well-being and I'm willing to go there for you. I'm willing to be flexible. And I keep thinking to myself, okay, you know, you're a bit of an arrogant, stuck-up prick, but... uh, you got some good stuff going for you. I hear that. I hear that. You bend over backwards a little bit too much, but I hear that. You're a little bit over the top. You fly to Georgia for no particular reason. You have, a, of course, you have a helicopter on hold. All dominants do. Um, but at least you got something going for you when it comes to respect. Our protagonist, however, does not. She is so into herself that she doesn't even understand the notion of limits. He has a few basic limits. I want a kink relationship. 
I really want a kink relationship. This is how I would like it to look, but I'm really flexible, but I need a kink relationship. And her response over and over again is, I need more. I need more. Okay, he says, I'm willing to try for more. It's really uncomfortable for me, but I'm really willing to try. Can you just concede on a few of these points? No, I can't do any of those things, but I need you to give me more. Okay. We'll see what we can make happen. I'm really going to try, but we can see. No, I need more. Okay. My one hard limit, he says, is don't touch me. It's revealed a whole bunch of stuff about why to not touch him. But don't touch me. And so her response is to touch him. Her response is to touch him. His one serious hard limit and she doesn't respect it and doesn't respect him. And time and time again in our community, in the kink communities, and not just in the kink communities, because it's a little bit better than kink at large, but in, in relationships at large, I see this profound lack of respect. This is the one thing I need. This is the one thing I can't do. I have meat uh, meatloaf running in my head. I could do anything for love, but I won't do that. And time and time again, I see folks bend to the point that they break. We've talked a lot in the kink community about the fact that submissives, bottoms, slaves need to really be powerful and stand up for themselves and know themselves and be able to not just safe word, but be able to state their needs, their wants, their desires, to be able to articulate to their partner who they are as an individual so that they know where the fine line is. What point do you say as a bottom, a slave, or a submissive? What point do you as a receptive partner say, you know what? That's not just not sexy. That's not just over the top. That's unacceptable. And that is abuse. But how often do we say that for dominance? For tops? For masters and mistresses? How often do we say, you know what? No. No, that's not acceptable, actually. No, really? That's not okay. No, really, that is where my line in the sand is. And not only have you stepped over it, but you have squashed it and pushed it around and told me that it'll all be okay if I can just be normal or if I could just be into that one thing. If I just didn't have that line, I'd be a better person. No. No, actually, no. I want, I want, and hell, I need to see amongst kinksters, tops and dominants draw a line. To see masters and mistresses draw a line. To not let the Anastasia steals of the world step all over us and say, but really, can't you just know? No, I can't actually. No, I can't actually. 
And it's not because I'm 50 shades of fucked up, which that sentence alone makes me want to strangle our delightful author, who I will admit it is not her fault that this hot little bodice ripper, which has very sexy bodice ripping scenes in it. I will concede to that. It's got a really fun plot line for a cute little dime store novel. It was not her fault that this is what makes it big in the kink community. I loved this book as a hot little bodice ripper. I thought it was fun and sexy. I enjoyed the fact that I sat there slightly squirming while I was on the subway, turning through the pages, and tucked it into my bag in between reads because I didn't really want the other people on the subway to see what I was reading. I will give you that. I will give you that it is hot and fun. And I will give you that she did some of her homework. I appreciate the fact that there are condoms in the first half of the book, but I will not appreciate the fact how quickly they decided to be fluid-bind to one another, and how quickly he was willing to turn over into going bareback, even though she'd only been on the pill for a very short period of time. Those things upset me, too. I will give you that it's a hot little book, and it's not her fault that it made it big. But it bothers me that this, in our generation, that this is supposed to be our story of, oh, this is supposed to be our claiming of Sleeping Beauty, that this is supposed to be our exit to Eden. This is what we get, this generation around? We get somebody with a deeply distraught history, with somebody who is partnered to him who doesn't understand that history, and the parts that she thinks are disturbing are in fact not especially disturbing. And the parts that she's like, oh, that's kind of weird, are the facts that are perhaps a little bit more on the disturbing side. I find it frustrating and strange and upsetting the levels that we hold up men and women to, okay, let me get this straight. He has no refractory period? That she is always instantaneously hot and dripping wet at the sound of the rustling of his fabric? <sighs> really, folks. But what really disturbs me is that Mr. Christian Grey, for the strong and powerful individual he's supposed to be, does not understand that he's in an abusive relationship. He doesn't understand it. And that brings me profound sorrow. I've had times in my life where as a dominant partner, I've walked over my line. And I've let other people walk over it, too. And it's a hard place to be. Especially when we are in a place of power to acknowledge that, yeah, this isn't okay, and I'm the one who said yes to it. I'm the one who gave in. I'm the one who didn't say no. Because there's this permission somehow in kink culture that if the bottom or the submissive or the slave, the receptive partner, the person who is yielding goes over their lines and limits, oh, they were just in subspace, or oh, they were coerced, or oh, it's not their fault. But if we go over our lines, oh, it's our fault. 
oh, it is our fault because we are supposed to be the ones in control. We are supposed to be the ones who know everything and are supposed to have some sort of grand, vaulted plan. It upsets me. This is the face of anger and resentment and pain reflected in the pages of a tawdry novel that's hit the New York Times bestseller list. I bought the book at uh, Boston South Station. I spent this weekend in Boston tying up beautiful creatures of all different shapes and sizes and beautiful tones of skin. I spent the weekend throwing rope around bodies and laughing and seeing beautiful color, couples, beautiful couples pair up together and kiss so sweetly as one was in his rope for the very first time, while the other was wrapped up in his arms, where I saw hot girls tied to trees and wove intricate rope corsets, where I spent time frustrated because I could not remember how to do the step-by-step -step on a reverse box tie. And on my way home, I'd finished the book that I was enjoying before, Life of Pi, by the way, love it, I finished it, and I was on my way home. I stopped at South Station before boarding my bus, because that's how I roll sometimes. Chinatown bus, gotta love it, gotta love it. And I pulled into South Station, and I looked at the bookstore there, and there was the stack of E.L. James laid out for everyone to see, with the word erotica emblazoned underneath it, selling copy after copy. And I'm delighted. I am delighted to live in a world where we can pick up erotica and read it on the subway. This is the world I want to live in. I am delighted that books are starting to fly off the shelves that say, oh, I want something a little bit more tantalizing, a little bit more naughty, and I have the brazen courage the steel balls and ovaries to read this while sitting in Boston South Station. I am delighted. And there's a part of me that's delighted because I know that it means that our world is going to become more beautiful and more complex, and I am worried because I'm concerned that people are going to be coming into kink without a lifestyle around them, thinking that what is right is coercion. And what is right is that we should push lines when people say it's a hard limit, that, oh, well, hard limit really means that it's negotiable, even though it's from a place where you have it in your heart of hearts that it's your one and only line. Well, really, you'd do something more for me if we were in love. That's what worries me. That's what worries me. What I really hope, what I am dreaming for, what I am burning in my body for, is that this book will help people open up to possibilities. Whether their possibilities are vanilla or caramel or strawberries with Oreo cookie crumbles on top, I don't care. I hope that it will open up people to the possibilities of sexuality that are out there and help them embrace what really turns them on. I'm hoping. I am hopeful, even if it is a tawdry little bodice ripper. That's what I'm hoping. 
But in the meantime, you and I who are already exploring sexuality, that are already diving through these things, to you, listener at home, what I hope is that you realize that everyone deserves limits. I hope you realize that everyone deserves limits. You and you and you. Yes, you over there who thinks that your limits don't really matter that much, that you deserve limits and lines and should be able to say that that's not okay for me. Because you deserve, yeah, you deserve to be able to be respected. You deserve to be given common courtesy. You deserve a life of glory and power and hot sex and beauty and love and respect for the complex being that you are. That's what I believe. And so with that, I'm going to call this month a short podcast because sometimes 15 minutes is enough. Sometimes 30 minutes enough, and sometimes an hour and 30 minutes isn't nearly enough time. But today I want to wrap up with that simple thought. You deserve respect. You deserve limits. And so does your partner. And so does your partner. This has been... Erotic Awakening with Lee Harrington. If you have any questions about sexuality, spirituality, kink, gender, connection, or anything else, feel free to drop me a line at lee at passionandsoul.com. You can find more of my work at passionandsoul.com or find me with Passion and Soul anywhere on fetlife.com, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, DeviantArt, or any of the places on the internet. Thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, stay cool, have fun, be authentically you, and have a fantastic journey.